Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. On today's episode, looking back on Saturday's 3-3 draw up in the Highlands, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? Uh, thanks, Matt. I'm, I'm very good, thanks. Um, passed a bit of a fitness test. I've, I've been loaded with a cold for a couple of days, so apologies in advance if my, my voice sounds a wee bit croaky at all. But no, I'm looking forward to um, discussing an eventful game. Recovered from your quiz final defeat. I've told you, Tom Hosey, you only need to get lucky once um, and I'll be <laughs> back to, to get my crown back next year. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Matt. Uh, interesting games, kind of mental over the weekend, so looking forward to discussing it. And rounding off our panel, Heather Holloway. Heather, how are you? Great, thank you, Matt. I hope you enjoyed your weekend away in Inverness. I certainly did, and it's uh, good to be back talking about just another crazy week of being a Thistle fan. Absolutely. We'll, we'll go on to what we got up to up north a bit later on, but we'll start with a, a look at the game and a look at the starting 11 as as usual. Jamie, I'll chuck this one to you this week. Uh, Waziri Williams come in for Jack McMillan, who was injured, and Luke McBeth come in for a first start. Ben Stanley dropped out. Quite happy with that team when you saw it on Saturday? Obviously, it's never good to not see McMillan in the team. And I know they didn't mention it in Jag Zone, but they usually do that. They don't mention if big players are injured. And I feel he'd be out after the way he went off against Levy. Apart from that, I was relatively happy with it. I was happy to see Luke Beth coming for a start. But the, the only thing that was disappointing is Dan O'Reilly on the bench again. I think we've, we've all been saying on the podcast, when's he going to get his first start? I know he got subbed on in the game, but I'm hoping, I know we're going to layer, but I'm hoping he's brought to the team next week. Like I'd mentioned last week as well, I wouldn't have mind seeing Scott Robinson get a start. That obviously didn't happen, but I, I can see why Dylan kept McEnroy. Obviously, he had a good game against Livingston, scored that belt of a goal, so there wasn't too many complaints, but I was kind of disappointed not to see Dan O'Reilly get a start. Reese, we were chatting just before we started recording. It's a, a strange thing to say about a 3-3 job, but it, it maybe wasn't the best game. How, how would you assess the game and our performance on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Like like we said off air, the first first half especially was a shocking game of football. I remember thinking at half time, probably like you said, it was one of the, the worst we've played maybe all season in a long time anyway. Um even in Vanessa at two 0 up, I, I thought they were pretty poor as well. Um but but like you said, it's it's one of those games where you come away from it kind of mixed emotions because you're happy of course to have fought back twice to get a point. But you're pretty pissed off that you fumbled the opportunity to catch up and race and Dundee United. And then Inverness will probably feel that they're pissed off that they never hung on to get the three points. So it's a, it's a weird game for both teams. But for a neutral, brilliant. Uh, at the end, it was brilliant anyway with the, the drama from maybe the hour onwards. But yeah, beginning of the game wasn't great. Wasn't a lot of quality in it. But the last half an hour was exciting. You can say that at least. Heather, David's not here, so I'll chuck you the sort of Barry Glendening Football Weekly question. Uh, Brian Graham's good at football, isn't he? Oh, he's brilliant, absolutely. 
we see we see the main standout for you in red and yellow on on Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I I think it's been great to see him just being a commanding great presence I think that was a real captain's performance and I think he really showed what we missed when we took him off against Livy a little bit too early he's just thistle isn't he and the passion the way that he took that penalty so cool Cam collected the fantastic volley but also how gutted and angry he was when we conceded that third goal straight after all the hard work he'd done just pure passion and the way he was so angry during the the end interview as well. He just wants more for our team and I think that's something that sometimes Thistle fans and Thistle players have have lacked. But it was a real captain's performance, fantastic in the air. You know, I mean, I say that it wasn't a great game and it's not going to be one that we look back at and be like, oh, what a game, but it's what a finish and we wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for Brian Graham. I'll stick with you for now, Heather. Dave Donnelly's asked whose Jags own interview did we prefer? And he said Doolin's cuddly toy or Graham's angry da interview. What what one was your favourite? I think for me, Brian Graham. I love Doolin and I think he's great. And he um obviously he went and won the game for us there with, with those subs you know, with the substitutions. It was like Scott Robinson changes the game for us. And um I think that Dool says all the right things and he keeps everyone happy and smiley. But I really like the way that Brian Graham just wasn't pleased with with, with with the end result. As in, obviously, great to get a point, but we could have we could have got more um, if there hadn't been some some silly decisions. We definitely were the better team that finished the game, and I liked how honest he was in the fact that we're not just gonna settle for things and we should and we should be wanting we should be wanting more from from ourselves and from the team that we support i have to say that kirsten and i listened to listen to them when we got back from our wild inverness night out and i think kirsten fell asleep during duels and then woke up again for brian graham so that just tells you something doesn't it i think it's probably good that there are sort of wide range of voices and tones in the dressing room and you'd obviously chuck Paul McDonald in and probably Aaron Muirhead into that as well it's good that there's that sort of variety because you know some every player's different personalities are different and some people will respond to an arm around the shoulder and some people won't and some people will respond to sort of getting a bit of a rocket and I'm not saying Doolin's incapable of you know giving somebody a rocket or Graham's incapable he's only angry because I think Graham you see it with Fitzpatrick he sort of encourages him through matches but I think it's good that there's that sort of range in the dressing room. Jamie, Reese has mentioned how sort of bad we were and how bad the game was for the first hour. Where do you think it went wrong for us? We found ourselves 2-0 down. How did we end up there? I feel we've said it quite a lot recently, but cheap goals, the goals we give away on Saturday, they're just, they're terrible. Every single one of them is terrible. I know Snedden's going to come in for a bit of stick and to be honest, that's it rightly so. I thought he had a really, really bad game, but you look to the first goal, it's not just him, the defence and what's going on there, like, Cammy Kerr is completely free on that side of the pitch. No one's on him. I don't know what's happening. I think, I can't quite remember, did we lose the ball on the halfway line? And then, for some reason, everybody's, from our view, behind the goal on the right-hand side of the pitch. Ball goes across Cammy Kerr's all the time in the world. And he does scuff an absolutely atrocious shot, but somehow it ends up in the net. The second goal we concede, it's another set-piece. We've conceded too many set-pieces recently. It's, it's poor again. Snedden comes out, flaps the ball. I don't even know that guy's name, but the Inverness player rises highest, nods it in. And then their third goal is just a shambles all around. It's just 
switching off straight after, you know, we've worked so hard to get back into the game. We switch off immediately. They went on the right-hand side. And when that happened, I just knew they were going to score. They put a ball across the face. We don't react. They cut it back and then they scuff in another terrible shot. I'm not, again, I don't know what Sneddon was doing when that went in. It's just, it's just so frustrating to see us concede goals like that because it's avoidable goals. It's not that we've been cut open by a great player. There's a wonder strike gone in. It's three terrible, terrible goals that we've conceded and, Stuff like that is making me think Dan O'Reilly has to come into the team next week. I don't see how you can justify not making the change to the defence and hopefully Jack McMillan's back. I don't think Wasiri was terrible, but even then, I still want Jack McMillan back. Bruce, do you agree with, with Jamie's assessment? Uh, partly, yeah. Um, I hate to criticise the guy because he has a he has, he seems like a nice guy, but I, I, I think Wasiri was pretty bad. So many times, like the ball's played out to him, and you know before it even gets to him, that it's rolling out his foot and over and out for a shy. And it's just so frustrating. Like at that level, stuff like that just shouldn't happen with such regularity. And it, it just you notice the glaring, obvious difference when Jack McMillan's not in the team. Um, so I thought, I thought obviously first half especially we struggled to get Lawless into the game. Sort of with Siri and Lawless don't really have that link up that McMillan does. But I thought if I was to pick standouts. Over the course of the game, I thought Aidan Fitzpatrick was tremendous. Um, I thought he was, he's unplayable and he's he's took his game to a new level. I say it all the time and that's because he is getting better and better each week. He's he's always had goals, but it seems it seems that he's he's added the consistency with, with getting the goals, I think, since the turn of the year. Obviously, there's been seven games uh, this calendar year and he's had six goal involvements. Um, he's, he feels like he's getting a goal every other game now at this point and I'm delighted for him. Um, obviously, Macbeth came in for his first start, was solid enough, put himself about. And Macbeth's got that that thing about him where he's he's like an honest guy who's, who's came into the professional game at a late stage, 24. You know, he's never been in a youth academy. Um, so it's all new to him and, and you can tell that it means a lot to him to be in this position. And he almost plays like a fan. He plays like one, how one of us would play. Um, if we were in his position. Um, so it's good to see stuff like that, but definitely agree um, with the, the Dan O'Reilly coming into the team thing. I, I think he should have been in before now. I get why he's not been in, uh, uh, sort of put into the team at this point, but he needs to be in from now on. I, I noticed a big difference when he did come on. I know he only had like five minutes all in, injury time included, but I think it was just a massive difference. The balls that were putting into the box, I think he won two or three of them just in a couple of minutes. He's on, he almost scored. And he, he just he's so aggressive at attacking the ball, which of course does def- defensively as well. Um, so I, he's got to be on the team for me for now on. It just made us such a such more of a threat at set pieces, and also that sort of Achilles heel at the minute as well, set pieces. And I'm, I'm sure we'll probably discuss it, but it feels like we discuss it too much in the podcast. But I thought I'm at the end of my tether with Snedden. Um I don't like to say it obviously because as again, same way with C D Williams, good guy probably, but. There's more in football than just being a good guy, um, and I don't think he's been doing his job well enough recently. It's harsh, but it's true. Um, and, I, I, and if I'm being totally honest, I think he was at fault for all three of the goals that we conceded at the weekend, Jamie Sneddon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll stick with you just for now because I'm normally a big sort of Jamie Sneddon defender on the pod, but I'm sort of with you. The last I sort of called him out after the Queen's Park game where he had that mistake, and I said, right, this is. It's sort of now or never for him because he, he hadn't been up to the, the same standard, I don't think, this season that he had maybe a couple of years ago where he was breaking clean sheet records. I think that was his best season for us. I mentioned he's, he always sort of makes mistakes, but I think he's always 
sort of redeems it with spectacular saves. And I don't really think he's been doing that this season. And I agree with you. I think there were question marks over him for, for all three goals. And I think he can, if a goalkeeper has one or two of those games a season, I think he can excuse it. But he's probably three or four of them now. I think Dundee United at home, he was a suspect for a couple, Wraith away, the Queen's Park one, and, and then there on on Saturday. Reese, I want to ask you, Dylan hasn't really dropped goalkeepers. He's only changed the goalkeepers when he's when they've been injured and then the goalkeepers have kept their place. If Snedden does lose his place, which I think at this point possibly could be justified, and maybe Dylan's just keeping him in because he thinks he's got a higher skill than the other two. But if, if Snedden is dropped, would you, would you like to see David Mitchell come back in or would you like to see Ross Stewart get given a chance? It's almost like the lesser of, of three evils because <laughs> it's crazy because I do think Snedden's he's had his chance and uh, like I said to you guys the other day in the chat, you know, he's 27 now, he's, he's not a young boy but he's got this aura about him where he, he seems to be an eternal young boy that's going to come good and I mean he's played 130 odd games for us now um, and like you said, unfortunately he's regressing so I think it is time maybe to go in a different direction I don't think that whoever our first choice keeper is going to be next season is at the club at the moment but in the meantime if we're going to play one of the goalies I think we, we don't really know what Ross Stewart is he's a bit of an unknown quantity um, he's never been a first choice keeper in his career I've seen him play at Fur Hill once before he was in goals when we played St Mirren in a League Cup game and we stuck five goals past him so it doesn't really fill me with too much confidence so I think I'd probably go back with Mitchell. Now I'm not Mitchell's biggest fan either. I know him and Snedden it's kind of like for like they they both got a mistake in them. I think Mitchell's had less mistakes, and I think Mitchell's distri- distribution is substantially better than Snedden's is. Um, I don't think Mitchell's the option. Like I say, uh, he's not the answer to what our problems are. He's not going to be here. He's not going to be our number one next season. Um, but in the meantime, I probably would give him a, another go because I said to you guys the other night, it's, football's funny. And if, now when I look back at things, I'm thinking to myself, did Mitchell get hard done by? Because he was all right towards the end of the season. He was the, a goalie in the playoffs. And, you know, that day in Dingwall, if he saves another penalty in that shootout, he goes into this season as our number one in the Premiership. So that's football for you, but it's, it's, it's a funny old game. So I'd probably give Mitchell another run out on Friday night. Will it happen? I highly doubt it. I probably, I'm expecting to see Snedden keep his place, but I, it's, that's why Dylan's a manager. We take nothing to do with it. I, I agree with you, Lisa. I, I suspect that the number one goalkeeper next season isn't at the club at the moment. All three goalkeepers are, are at a contract in the summer and I would expect a sort of reshuffle in that position um, when we get to the, the transfer window in the summer. I disagree. I would probably chuck Stuart in, and again, it's like not really known too much about him, but I don't really rate David Mitchell that highly. And if if Snedden is going to, if he needs a time a timeout for like for the good of the team, I'd probably give Stuart a go because my thinking at the moment is we're losing a lot of goals. I think through set pieces, and Snedden's beginning to be targeted. I think the Urge game, and even there on on Saturday. And I think back to last season and, and Mitchell, he doesn't have a good command of his box either. And Ross Stewart, just uh, so basic to say, but is, is the biggest the biggest presence out of the three. And we don't know too much about him. So if we've signed him, we're paying him a wage. We, we might as well give him a go, I think. Um, but I agree. I think that the goalkeeping position is going to be addressed in the in the summer. Ed, I'll come to you for some, some positive chat then. We gave Chris Dillon a bit of criticism last week for the subs and he held his hand up. But how big an impact were the, the substitutes he made in rescuing a point on Saturday? We don't win that game if Scott Robinson doesn't come on. I think he was absolutely fantastic. And 
we mentioned before about Lawless missing Jack McMillan and that creative spark. And I think that Scott Robinson coming on just opened up the pitch and opportunities for people like Lawless and Fitzy to play into and just someone with a bit of quick thinking, like, you know, the, the way that he won the penalty. But I mean, how on earth is a boy that height when when headers? It's just it's so impressive. And I thought he really changed our fortunes. And I am, you know, I don't think we'd be talking even about a point if it hadn't been for Scott Robinson. I thought he was I thought he was fantastic. But also it was great to see obviously O'Reilly only came on for a very short amount of time, but I thought he made quite an impact and you you saw him getting involved, chucking across in and um and I think that he, you know, you've talked about the fact that uh, teams are targeting us for set pieces and you just really hope that hope that O'Reilly might be someone who can who we can use as you know as someone to make our set pieces better and um and I think that but yeah I don't think you we can say too much about Scott Robinson I think he was he really changed the game and you know Tommy I was in you know it was really good to see us playing two up front I, I, we've talked about that before you know the infamous league one season when we had Graham and Rudson but then we haven't really had two strikers for starting for a while and um, then it was it, you know it was good and it was fun to see the link up it's just weird and we talked about it on this pod before Tommy just doesn't celebrate you know that Brian Graham goal and everyone's high five and cheering and everything and he just runs back just another day and I just thought especially for his birthday that he'd be like you know at least a little bit more up for it but I think it's just I think it's all just a stroll in the park for Tommy but absolutely Scott Robinson I'd give him man of the match just for his his short appearance because he changed the game yeah I thought Robinson was like somebody come on the the winning of the penalty was so clever so he uses his body really well to draw that foul and Adloy I don't think I don't think personally he had like his best game but at the same time like you said Heather encouraging to see us go to up front and it was a really bold choice for Dylan to take Williams off, go with a back three and have the two up top. And if, if Adeloy wasn't in the box, you know, like occupying a defender, Graham might not have had the space for the, the volley for the equaliser. So, yeah, I think Doolan does deserve quite a lot of credit for the, the changes on, on Saturday there. Jamie, anyone else you'd like to give a bit of praise for Saturday's performance? No, it's just the players who have been mentioned. Obviously, Brian Graham, I thought he was fantastic in the second half. Obviously, He's, I was a bit nervous seeing him step up the penalty. I know he scored the one at Rafe, but even still, I think back to some of the ones he's missed, but slots it away really well. I think it's probably the second best penalty he's taken for us outside that one against Spartans in the Cup. Um, Scott Robinson, like was already mentioned, the fight was brilliant off the bench. It's not the first time he's done that. He's come off the bench and made a real impact. And yeah, he's, I think he's a really important part of our team. Uh, like Reese mentioned earlier as well, Fitzpatrick thought he had a good game too. Luke Beth as well, I think it was already mentioned as well. Thought he did well for his first ever start, especially at this level. It was a big jump for him coming from the sixth tier, and I thought, you know, he's adapted very well to this league and looks like a bit of a fine potentially. Heather, I just wanted to shout out Stevie Lawless because I was watching about the highlights and um, there was that moment where they had the breakaway. And it was 1v1 with Stuart Bannigan and Bannigan did really well to see him out and he, you know, really duffed up his shot. But Stevie Lawless had been on that pitch, you know, longer than than a few players on the pitch. And he sprinted back and didn't just like go to the ball, but covered the the runners. And I just thought, you know, that, you know, he's he's not 
a, a footballer that naturally gets back in defensive positions. You know, we look to him to create the goals to make that magic. And the fact that he, uh, you know, quite late on in the match, had enough energy, power and desire to get back when, and I don't mean, I hate shouting, you know, criticising people, but with Siri at certain points in that game looked dead in his feet. And part of that is match fitness, etc. But I just love the fact that Lawless just was, you know, getting back, bodies on the line, defend for the team and and protect protect what we had. And I think that deserves a shout out just as much as a goal does. Absolutely. I, th- I, I Lawless in the, the last uh, 10, 15 minutes, I thought, I mean, Fitzpatrick really stepped their, their game up because they were quiet for the first hour. But yeah, he was, it's some magical touches. And without without McMillan there as well, I think was really sort of struggled to emulate uh, McMillan, which is obviously understandable, but Lawless still put in a, a really effective performance in the last the last half hour without his mate. The last thing I want to quickly touch on on, on the game, and I don't really want to end in a negative, but I, I really agree with the the praise for Luke Macbeth. I thought he was brilliant, but I, I sort of noticed it when he came on against Airdrie, and I noticed it in the first half on Saturday when he's on the pitch. He is the, the deepest midfielder trying to re- receive the ball off the two centre-backs, and he's not quite as good in the ball, I'd say, as, as Bannigan or, or even McEnroy and Stanway. And I think that's maybe why we struggled to to build up attacks from the back, because we had a lot of times where Snedden was playing short goal kicks and it was just going between the two centre-halves, or Macbeth gave the ball away a couple of times. So I think the sort of next stage for Macbeth and for Doolin is to sort of work out a way where he can fit into the midfield, where we where we can build attacks as effectively as, as we can when it's maybe Bannigan dropping deep, for instance. I don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that or they, they disagree. We mentioned it at the Airdrie game that when you have, I think was there not a point where we had Macbeth, Stanway and Bannigan on and it's maybe, a, a, it's difficult because I want Macbeth to start as well, but it maybe makes it a little bit too negative when it comes to distributing the ball. And I think Bannigan is the one you need dropping in for those one-twos. You see when he's not on the pitch, we do miss that. I know Nielsen can carry the ball out, but in general, it does help with Bannigan coming in for those one-twos. And Macbeth, I thought he did really well winning the ball. He was good in the air. Uh, I think he was even involved, actually, in the third goal. I think he won one of the headers that led to it. But maybe, I mean, his distribution was okay, but I'd say Bannigan's is maybe a bit better. So, yeah, I do agree with you. Yeah, like I said a couple of weeks ago, it's it's not a criticism of of Macbeth as a player because I think he came in and did his job really well. It was an impressive full debut, but yeah, it's maybe just something to look at going forward. Listener question, Dave McCluskey has asked, what your favourite Thistle 3-3 draw is? Um, Heather, I'll come to you first because you've said twice that we've won. Um, So I'll remind you that it was a 3-3 draw on on Saturday and ask you what your your favourite 3-3 draw is. That's so funny. <laughs> I think I just I'm in a bit of a, like a delirious mood after the weekend. Um, favorite three three draw. I don't know if it's really my favorite, but it's one that really stuck out when when I saw this question. Remember when we it was the t- championship winning season and we drew three three with Dunfermline and it was the um the yep. you know the day the day we got the trophy at Fur Hill and. Did, have they, were they not absolutely fighting for their lives and and everything and then and and we really didn't turn on the magic until late on and then and scored and scored in the ninetieth minute and it was just a nice week because there's nothing worse than getting the trophy on a day you lose I just think that's a bit bit a bit naff so it's the one that's sticking out I don't know if it is my favorite three three but it's it's the one that I've come up with and I can't believe I've said we've won that's really, I, I can understand if my suspension's coming but maybe I'm just uh 
Maybe I'm just such an eternal optimist. Uh, Reese, any three threes stick out in your mind? I'm struggling to remember too many. It's such a such a peculiar scoreline, um, and it's not really a scoreline that's that I would look back with too much fondness. Uh, the one that I can can remember, it's definitely not my favourite, uh, <laughs> which is the, the wrong answer for this question. But uh, the, the immediately the one I think back to is Inverness. Was it? two seasons ago when Graham scored the hat-trick I enjoyed that one just because Graham got the hat-trick but I remember leaving that absolutely raging Broadfoot scoring in the last minute and uh, was fuming that day but it was nice to see a Fissile player get a hat-trick it's such a rarity um, it's like once in a blue moon um, so no that, that was a positive at least from that one but I, I can't really think of too many other ones I remember a game against Ross County and then even a game against Queen of the South and I'm talking back 2011 or something um, slim pickings for the, the three old draws. I think I'm probably missing some notable ones, but uh, it's, I can't really think off the top of my head. I think folk will be probably shouting at their however, whatever device they're listening to about the the Gretna one. We were three 0 down quite late on. I was just about to say that because yeah. I, I thought I was like, why am I really thinking about three three? And then and then I just and I just googled it. I was like, I'm sure it's it's Gretna. And yeah, when McConnellog, Billy Gibson, and Dorans all scored in in like five minutes within each other, it was un like. And I mean, I was quite a young fan at this point, but it was it was un it was unreal. It was um, and we were so bad that game. And it's um and it's the great um the great commentator Ka- uh, Campbell Hughes on um go 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 um so very very entertaining. That was a good impression. Hopefully we'll get to impressions a bit later on. I know Reese has got a few up his sleeve. Um, Jamie, on the three threes, anything to add? Most of the three threes I can remember are Fissile chucking it, so it doesn't always <laughs> feel as good. The ones that spring to mind, three three against Hamilton in the 14-15 season. We were 2-0 down. We came back to lead 3-2, and then in like the 95th minute, Hamilton equalised. Uh, the three three that Reese mentioned up at Inverness, we were 3-2 up, 94th minute, we conceded an equaliser. 3-3 at home to Ross County in the 13-14 season. We were 3-1 up. We draw 3-3. So, yeah, we've got a habit of chucking these sort of ones. Dunfermline, it's probably got to be the Dunfermline one just because the occasion, the flag-raising day and going on the pitch afterwards and that ensured that I never actually saw us lose a single game that season because of that goal. So, that's probably that one. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, no, we didn't record any travel jags on at the weekend. Um, David did not join me for the the trip up, but I did have a I stayed in Inverness for a couple of nights and had a really really nice weekend. Uh, had breakfast at a place called Garvin's in in the city centre, and they cooked black pudding and I've never had it. They sort of fried it on once or fried it. Or, I don't know how they did it, but on one side only. So one side was really crispy, and then the other side was. Sort of almost uncooked it, but it was it was very tasty. Enjoyed that thoroughly, uh, and no beans on the breakfast, which you know big tick. Um, don't want any of them infiltrating the rest of your meal. And then we went to the White House for for scran at night. They had pie and mash as a starter, which is like, that, that's provocative to say the least. And they also served uh, a sort of pretzel bread with a curried cheese sauce, which I've never had before. Uh, that was superb. Uh, I did try the sausage roll in Inverness as well. This is not really reflecting well on my diet at all. But I did try the sausage roll in, in the Caledonian Stadium. Sadly, not the, the square sausage that was uh, teased last week. Uh, they seem to have gone away with that. But it's still a solid 7 out of 10. And then when we drove home on Sunday, we, we obviously stopped at Dalwini for a, a massive big morning roll from the Deerstalker Cafe. 
Uh, which was excellent. Heather, I know you were up uh, in Inverness for a, a stay over as well. Did you have a, as good a time as I did? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I think Inverness is absolutely fantastic. It was it was very enjoyable. Um, to we stopped off at the House of Brewer on the way up, and um, I don't think um, Kirsten's ever seen so much uh, tablet in her in her life. So we we got the the lady had to get the the, the scales out. That's how that's how big the bag was that we got that. But when we were up there, I think massive shout out to the Black Isle. It's absolutely fantastic, and they've just set up one in Fort William as well. So if anyone's in that neck of the woods, would highly recommend their um, their pizza. Firstly, they do a gluten free pizza, which is very important, but also the range of like selection of toppings, etc. You know, unreal, absolutely unreal, and uh, their pints are. Or, or like so many options and really good but they're almost like too fancy in the sense of we tried to get some soft drinks as well and they don't have soft drinks on tap that is that is how beer focused they are but they had a really cool bit called the secret garden uh, at night which we went to after we decided to leave johnny fox's after too many football fans were asking us about um about what who our big team were etc we just kind of got sick of it but we did have dinner and a bit of a dance and a and a and a, and a pint in johnny foxes which was very very entertaining highly recommended by many thistle fans and um it was and it was great you know live versions of does your mama know by you know abba uh the we had torn by nassim brugia and yeah just absolutely unreal like re- like a really a really good night out and some great scran. Inverness is Inverness is the one. This is this is the point I wanted to raise with you, um, Heather. You were you were out with Kirsten. And I was out for dinner, and you said, "George, you want me up in Johnny Fox's for a, a pint?" And we were in the White House and at the city centre, and across the road was Jimmy Badgers, and I couldn't work out if you were doing a bit, and you were in Jimmy Badgers, and it was nicknamed Johnny Fox's, or the generic pub slash bar name in Inverness is man's name slash farm animal or countryside animal um do we get any any further into finding out if if they are related um bars pubs well i i yeah when you asked me this and i i I didn't know what you were talking about at all and i we walked past johnny foxes on sunday morning and it's very much said johnny foxes outside it and like no other things so i didn't understand where you were looking so it really must be I think when when Andrew retires, I'm going to recommend that he sets up like some sort of like Brian cattle kind of version <laughs> one. Like I think that would go down well, and uh, with with the many thistle fans around. But yeah, I think that I'll go and have a wee Google. There, there must be two. <laughs> uh, we promised to bring more travel jags features in in the future. Um, it was a, a popular segment last time, so so we're on that. Um, a word on the women's game, a 1-1 draw with Hibs. They obviously secured top six a, a few weeks ago. Unbeaten against Hibs this season, who are sort of one of the, the full-time teams. couple of victories, including that semi-final win a couple of weeks ago and then a draw on, on Sunday there. Late equaliser from Rachel Donaldson. Uh, no review of the match, but we are working to bring you some, some more women's content before their cup final next next month which if you haven't already bought tickets for it is the Sunday after the men's team are at our broth at Tynecastle Park tickets available now that will be a, an all-time weekend going to, to Gayfield and Tynecastle in consecutive days so make sure you get yourself along to that 
Men's team back in action on Friday night in front of the TV cameras at Hill. Jamie, some excellent work on social media, harassing the club's account to get the, the £10, bring a friend. So if you, if you, if you are a season ticket holding, bring a, a friend along for £10. Uh, make sure you, you utilise that. Good work, Jamie. And get the Jackie Husband and John Lambie stands. Fill the John Lambie stand. Looked great last time out with the singing sections. So hopefully some more bodies can get added to that. Jamie, since you did such great work um, on Twitter, I'll start with you. What sort of game are you expecting on on Friday night? We've we've beaten Dunfermline twice already this season and they're going through a bit of a sticky patch at the moment, but are you expecting a, a tough game, an open game? What are you expecting? I appreciate putting it nicely with uh, great work. I think it was just me nagging the club, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, it's, kind of, it's tough to tell because Dunfermline don't seem to be playing very well right now. To their ninth in the table. I'm not sure when the last time they won a game was. I remember they got absolutely smashed 5 0 off Morton at home recently. I think they drew 0 0 or 1 each, sorry, with Arbroath as well. So they don't seem to be on the best run of form. We're playing decent stuff right now, but nothing that makes me super confident. I think I think we've just got to go at it, to be honest. I'm not really sure how they'll come out. I think they made a couple of January signings, so maybe similar to Inverness, a couple people in the lineup. We don't really know what to expect from them. But I think I would keep a similar-ish team, but I'd like to see Scott Robinson coming for a start. I think he deserves it, assuming he's fully fit. Jam Mellon back into the team as well. And I hope Dan O'Reilly's in. I would say a change in goalkeeper, but I just don't think that's going to happen. So I expect Sneddon to probably still be in goals for it. But yeah, I think if we get some good link-up play, I'm, I think I hope we'll win. And it would be good to get a big crowd in as well on a Friday night. I always, always enjoy a Friday night game. We'll think there's a wee bit of extra atmosphere to it. Reese, I know you've already mentioned that you'd, you'd like to see Dan O'Reilly come in. I'll ask you about the midfield. I think that's maybe our most interesting selection area at the moment. What sort of midfield do you think Chris Dillon will start on on Friday night? It's a difficult one. Uh, it's probably our most stacked area on the pitch and we've got a lot of starters in that position. And I, I know Dylan likes to throw a curveball and, and start Blair Alston the odd game, but if I if I was to give my honest opinion, Blair Alston is at the the bottom of my pecking order. I think I'd probably keep it pretty similar, um, at least to start with. Anyway, I think I would start looking at Beth, um, just to give him a bit of continuity, give him a, a start for Hill. Um, but at the same time, Robinson's probably just start. He's probably going to come in somewhere. Um, I don't see McEnroy being dropped. I think McEnroy's been decent lately, um, and obviously Banzo's Banzo. Um, so I, I think we probably start with the same midfield three. It's, it's it's such a tough area to break into the team. And I think Stanway has been one of our better players this season as well. And, and he's unlucky to, to be missing out at the moment. Um, so no, it's really tough. And um, there's plenty of options there. And the good thing is that we'll have these guys on the bench as well that can come on and make an impact. So Which is why I'm not entirely against keeping Scott Robinson on the bench because of how well it does off the bench sometimes I think that's a problem we have guys that come off the bench that don't actually contribute anything I'm not saying that they're, they're not good enough or whatnot but it's just sometimes they struggle to make an impact off the bench whereas Robinson can do that and it's effective to have that trait um, same way Adelaide he often does that as well so no I don't mind having these guys on the bench just to in case we need them so I probably would stick with the same midfield three just for this one in terms of the game if you if you want me to, to get for it yep the game. Um, I I think Dunfermline are, are are a bit of a pickle at the minute. I think they're really struggling. Um, don't think uh, personally. Don't think their squad's good enough for the championship. They're, they've obviously retained a lot of the players they had in League One last season, and, and of course, 
most of the time that is a good thing because you carry on the continuity. It's a winning team and you you sort of pick up where you left off. But they've got they had that many injuries where they've they've actually lost that continuity and it's just they've kind of struggled to get going. The guys that they brought in don't seem to really be gelling and, and being that good enough. I'm going to say this now and we'll probably end up scoring because that's just the luck that that we have. But signing Chris Kane like a striker, they're they're struggling for goals and they've signed a striker who's I think he's got something like. 25, 30 career goals. I would be absolutely fuming if, if we signed a, a guy of Chris Kane's calibre. So I, I, it's, it's not ideal. Um, so I, I'm honestly expecting a Thistle win. Quite strongly expecting a Thistle win. And I'd be, I'd be disappointed if, if we don't get the win. I think you made a really, just going back a bit, Reese. I think you made a really good point about the, the subs and the impact guys are having off the bench. I know players hate being labelled like super subs, but I think you've sort of, you've made, you've, you've hit something there with, with how effective Robinson and, and Adelaide as well have been off the bench this season. I think that is something Dylan will, will maybe consider. I agree with your, your sort of assessment of Dunfermline as well. And they've, they've bucked a bit of a trend because I think for the last just maybe a good number of years now, teams that have come up from League One have tended to do all right in the Championship. Like you look at Queen's Park and maybe there's extenuating circumstances there. But even Airdrie this season, ourselves and previous seasons, and even going a bit further back to like Sir Olivia who came up from League One and then did well in the Championship. You know, I, I don't think it's like the biggest jump in terms of the, the pyramids in Scotland, League One to the Championship. So it's maybe a little bit surprising to see them firm and struggling like they are because they did have, they did sort of comprehensively win it last season. Heather, do you want to kick us off with a prediction for Friday night? I think I'm going to go with a 3-1 Thistle win because, like someone said last week, not quite sure we've got the, the clean sheet in us, but I do hope that because they are a team out of form, we can capitalise on the way that we finished from the draw that we had at the weekend and we can turn that into a win. So I'm going to go 3-1 Thistle. Jamie? So I'm bringing some of my friends to the game and they've come to five games previously and currently we're setting an aggregate score of 18-0 in those five games I've brought them to. But I think we're going to concede, but I think we'll win. So I'm going to go with a, a David-esque score, go for one of these wild ones, try to pick up any wacky points I can. 5-1 Fessel. <laughs> Blimey. Um, Reese, I'm going to make it a pretty straightforward win. Uh, 3-0 for so I'm going to say. I'm going to hope we're going to get an early goal, just set the tone, and I'm hoping it's pretty comfortable in the end, so 3-0 Jags. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 2-0. Um, I'm, I'm going to hope Dan O'Reilly comes in, so I've settled the back four a bit, and a bit more confidence back there. I'm going to go for, for a 2-0 win in front of the, the television cameras. So just be um, thinks we never win games 2-0. <sighs> well, hope that changes on Friday. When was the last time we won 2-0? I remember 2-0 at Arbroath last season in the league. It's probably been one this season, but I'm not remembering it. Well, what do you have 2-0 then, Jamie? <laughs> Hello, David here with a prediction. Um, unfortunately, I was not able to go to Inverness on Saturday. Um, I actually ended up um, at QP versus Morton. And you can, as you can imagine, I was absolutely delighted to be watching a dreary 0-0 as the goals flied in. Um, up at Inverness. Um, I was with friends slash enemy of the show, Duncan Rayburn, QP fan of all, all his days, um, and we were talking away, and he was talking about Dunfermline quite recently, played against QP and were pretty dreadful. Um, he was under no illusions that we would absolutely smash Dunfermline. However, I do remember a couple of years ago, under the 
the dreaded Yogi Hughes tenure for Dunfermline when they were absolutely flailing trying to survive um, we went to East End Park and got absolutely dismantled now we're usually a lot better for how than we are East End Park so I think that you know it'll be in our favour there I think that we've showed ourselves to be very good attacking presence and I think Dunfermline might struggle to cope with it um, so I'm going to go 3-0 Jags Friday night on the telly months afterwards a great day all round uh, before we move on uh, I'd like to shout out a new podcast that started up last week uh, I, re- I really enjoyed our first episode very funny so I'm looking forward to see where it goes and that's Here Comes the Guillotine and that's hosted by Frankie Boyle with Susie McCabe and Christopher MacArthur Boyd well worth a listen we will finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle now this week after our brave boy and friend of the show Mr Jordan Spieth was disqualified for signing the wrong scorecard uh, the the genesis at the weekend. When has a simple mistake cost you dearly? Jamie, I'll come to you first. Glad to report I have an answer again this week. Uh, it's actually relatively recently. Uh, it was a booked flights for Germany for the Euros and I was booking the flights back as well. And I didn't realise in booking the flights, it was kind of a bit of a panic to be honest to try to get them, but the ones back, you fly into Heathrow from Dusseldorf, and then you've got to go from Heathrow to Gatwick, and then fly from Gatwick to Glasgow, and it's not that big a deal. But I had to book coaches for it. But the website kept crashing, this coach website that I used uh, in London, and it kept crashing and kept crashing, and then I booked them, and then I checked the booking like a day or two later, and I realised I'd book, we're coming into Heathrow, need to get to Gatwick, and I'd booked from Gatwick to Heathrow, and it wasn't refundable. So I wasted a bunch of money on that, and then I had to rebook them, for the correct one and then I got a text just last week actually saying that they've now cancelled it's been moved so I've managed to waste quite a lot of money on these coach tickets so far but the first time it was my own fault Rhys you got an answer this week? Uh, unfortunately not I've been trying to write my brain for an answer and I could probably give a couple but uh, they're, they're not suitable to be honest they're not not safe for work um, so We'll keep them before the watershed, and I don't don't want to end up sounding um, don't want to cancel myself on draw as a draw, so <laughs> we'll leave it. Any impressions you want to do to make up for it? See, I don't think my impressions are that good, but I know I know Jamie laps them up, but I, I, I don't think they're anything special. Um, Man, that's like hilarious. I like to do for the group chat. Um, well, maybe I'm the first one at one time, but Jamie will need to give us the, the Scouse accent first to get that one there. Save for the rainy day. Okay. Uh, David, you're, you're obviously missed uh, throughout the podcast, but I feel like you are especially missed uh, when it comes to Partridge Thistle. I'm sure you would have had a good answer for this. Heather, can you save it? I think mine's a little bit tragic, but um, when I was at university in first year, I um, was obviously washing my clothes using a using a washing machine for myself and that's always you know a, t- a tough thing for a 17 year old to get get their head around and I was wearing my you know really cool at the time Ugg boots uh, during one of my during one of my first washes and I'd like poured the washing up liquid or the was not the washing up liquid that wouldn't be good uh like the um oh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say like I, I poured the detergent into like a wee capsule to put into the wash 
and I managed to spill them onto my Ugg boots and my Uggs were never the same again and they had this like like green slime just like etched into them no matter how much scrubbing like crazy amount of of things happened so you know just for us you know a simple a simple slip a simple just for a wash my very trusty Uggs were ruined but you know what probably worth it in the sense of they were a crime against fashion and um and they, and they were ridiculous but at the time it was a, a poor a poor day in the in, in the Holloway household and yeah rest in peace my Uggs. Oh, that's a shame maybe when uh, Jamie does a Sky Saxon and Reese does one of his impressions we'll have a moment of silence for for your Uggs as well. I had two stories that sort of came into my mind uh, with this one the the first one I booked uh, tickets to the Isle of Wight Music Festival about five years ago and when I booked it for some reason I I, I didn't believe this and I, I obviously know it now but I, I thought the Isle of Wight was where the Isle of Man was so I'd planned to sort of drive and then get the ferry and in my head I was like oh I'll be like a two or three hour drive now we'll get the ferry across it'll be fine and then I ended up having to drive to Portsmouth so that was a bit of a disaster and the second story has Completely slipped my mind now, so I have to voice not that to David. I remembered story two, and I moved house in the, the first lockdown from Glasgow to East Kilbride and forgot to update my address on an online shopping app and ended up with about a week's worth of shopping getting delivered to the wrong address. I realised this about an hour before and tried to intercept it, but was too late to my, my old address and, and lost about... I thought it was 70 quid worth of shopping, I think, that week. Um, where I always have a quick check of the address. Now, was this story worth a, a 35, 6 second voice note? Probably not, but I hope you enjoyed it. I'd also like to give a shout out to the, the boy who Jamie and Reese overheard on the Sports Bus send our podcast. We talk about football and then end up just talking about random stuff for a lot of it. That is legitimately the best bit of feedback we've ever received. Um, so if you enjoy the sort of random stuff we got into, please get in touch and let us know. Um, that's what we like. If you've made it this far into the podcast, thank you very much. Uh, a busy fixture schedule next week with a midweek game. Not too sure how we're going to do it, but we will have a podcast out for you next week. And in the meantime, stay safe.